Perfect. Well, hello and welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Tamara Rostander. I'm the licensed practitioner and ministerial student with the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock. We're an inclusive learning center of practical spirituality based in White Rock, South Surrey area of British Columbia. We practice and teach the tools of transformation, authentic self-expression, and conscious living. Wherever you are on your path, whether you're soaring or struggling, there's a place for you here. And as we begin our gathering today, I respectfully acknowledge that I live and work on the traditional unceded territory of the Coast Salish nations, including Semiamu, Katsi, Sawasan, Stolo, and Kwantlen. So let us anchor in our time together in truth, in love, and I invite you to take this moment and turn within. So as we take this breath together, breathing in and out and settling into our heart space, knowing that there is one life, one love, one divine action the divine love that encompasses each and every person here. As each person and every here are one with that one divine mind. So knowing this day that I am perfection expressed, as each person here is perfection expressed. I know that I am open and willing to receive messages and learning and growth here today that I know there will be a nugget of information that will settle into my heart. There's time to be and listen and know that the unfoldment of this day is perfection. I know that the technology and the words spoken are exactly what is needed to be said today. So it is with great excitement I express gratitude for this day, gratitude for this community, knowing that we are here together on this moment, walking this path home. So I release these words to love and law knowing right action is happening right here, right now. And I ask you to join me in saying, and so it is. So, hello, I am Sherry Delacy, the chair of the board of trustees for CSL White Rock. Here in Abbotsford, I live on the unceded territory of the Matsqui, Sumas and Stolo First Nations. Today, I have the very distinct pleasure of introducing Reverend Champion, Champion Fleming, who identifies with the pronouns they and them, and who is more than just our guest speaker for today. As of this month, they represent exciting growth for our community. We have signed a letter of call with Rev Champion, who now joins us in the leadership role as our brand new Minister of Organizational Development. Yay! <laughs> uh, 
Uh, they are a licensed practitioner for the Centers for Spiritual Living, as well as an organizational development consultant, working with national nonprofits and labor unions who are committed to anti-racist strategies that lead to cultural and political change. Rev Champion has worked for decades on the LGBTQIA issues, AIDS, awareness, poverty and racism. They have been in service as a practitioner and leader at CSL Davis in Davis, California, and the East Bay Church of Religious Science in Oakland, California. Clearly, as their bio describes, it is not a pun to say that Rev Champion is a champion for the people. And we are so excited to welcome them with open arms to our growing family. Please sit back and enjoy the insight and wisdom of Rev Champion Fleming. Thank you, Sherry. Uh, thank you, Ranj. Thank you, everybody who's had a hand in putting this service together. And thank you to my people who are joining on the call today from Texas, California, and Virginia and Germany. So it's, we are, this is truly an international gathering. I'm so moved actually to tears, <laughs> moved to tears of joy to be with you today. What an amazing outcome of um, a global pandemic that we will, we can be together across time and space through this technology. It's truly a gift, a gift from God. Um, well, I wanna talk a little bit about my journey, my spiritual journey um, and introduce myself a little bit to you uh, through, through my experiences and my way into ministry. My spiritual journey was really inspired by my mother. Um, my mom and I didn't always have a good relationship. There was a lot of tension. Uh, she was quite resistant to uh, my queerness, my LGBTQ plusness. <laughs> um, and today is her birthday. She would be 86 today. Uh, she made her transition um, at the age of 71 in about, I think 2006. And it was really through her illness and her physical decline that I started my pursuit for spiritual sustenance, for a deeper foundation um, of knowing um, and of being held by something bigger than myself. And so um, my, my mother also uh, comes to me at times. Um, her energy, her presence, I feel it. And um, during an overnight retreat, during practitioner studies, uh, she came and sat with me. Um, and so it's very poignant that today is her birthday, um, being that sometimes our gifts come to us through conflict and through challenge. Um, I'm just loving seeing in the chat that we have people from Wisconsin and England here. It is truly beautiful. 
Um, and we're circling together around in community today around the wisdom of Tara Brock and Radical Compassion. Uh, this book is the book of the month at uh, CSL White Rock. And it's interesting too that this book and this the practice of the RAIN meditation um, is the first time that Reverend Cassandra and I came together and worked together. We did as a class project, we, um, we incorporated this, this process of RAIN into um, one of our school projects. So it feels like um, so many things are conspiring for this moment and that it's no mistake that we're all here together today. And so thank you for being here. And if this is your first time here, welcome, welcome and congratulations because this is an amazing community. And as we know, uh, the, the principles and practices of science of mind are incredibly transformational. And so I know the first time I walked into a center for spiritual living, I had no idea the way that I would be transformed. So right now to me in this time and space that we're in culturally, it feels like compassion, any type of compassion um, is radical. And we're talking about radical compassion today. I'm defining compassion as the capacity to attend to the experience of others. And we do this without judgment. We do this with humility and patience, curiosity of what experiences we may share with the person we're, we're being present to. Uh, we do it with love and power. And we do it knowing that within us dwells the living spirit of God. And so as I've become more spiritually awake, I've become more present to a sense of responsibility to attend to others, to attend to the harm, the pain, the oppression of just being human and walking on the planet. Um, and I really see that our work isn't just individual liberation, but it's libera liberating ourselves so that we can be actively compassionate and actively engaging in the world around us to be tender to others, to be present to others, to care in a way, caring and listening to the experience of others in a way that it relieves them of their pain and it transforms them. And this, this is my my calling, you know, I'm signing a letter of call with you all. And this is my call on the planet that, that the gift that this philosophy is expands beyond just us and our individualness, but we extend it to our family, our community, our culture, you know, that, that it is the work of spiritual people to be present to. And so when we're in that space of being called and being in a meaningful 
presencing, being compassionate to others. We call that compassion satisfaction. It's fulfilling, it's rewarding. Uh, we're in a balm of love and we feel creative and alive and we might even feel kind of ecstatic. Um, and, and it inspires us and it may move us to be engaging in different projects and in different ways in our spiritual community or our civic duties. Um, and I think that Canada <laughs> is a place where compassion is alive. Um, I, I, I think most of you know, I have like long standing relationships with folks in the Toronto area. I spent a lot of time in Toronto and Bancroft, Ontario. Um, and I grew up watching Hockey Night in Canada and the friendly giant was my best friend growing up. So, um, but I'm inspired to be part of your community because I see you as leading the way for us in the US. A friend of mine in Toronto just submitted a proposal. Um, I don't know if you know, but in Ottawa, uh, the, your government is in the midst of creating a monument. It's the only monument in the world that is established as a response to state-sanctioned oppression of LGBTQ plus people. And so um, I, my dear, a dear, dear friend of mine is an artist and she's partnering with architects and landscape architects, graphic designers to, um, they submitted a proposal this week to get the bid to create this state sanctioned monument. Um, in the 50s, a lot of LGBTQ folks were uh, kicked out of the government. There was a sweeping um, firing of anybody who was known to be lesbian or gay or trans. And the government is creating an, an opportunity for reconciliation and reparations through this monument. And it's not that hard to be compassionate. It's not that hard to be present to pain and harm. And yet sometimes we don't do it. Um, sometimes we can't do it. And what is needed for us to be able to be compassionate, be consistently compassionate and be, be available well, for me, it is an acknowledgement that there is a, an eternal limitless love at my center and my circumference, that there is a divine presence in me, that the eternal good, which is, has no beginning and no end, it is absolutely limitless that it resides within me. And I have been through periods in my life where I have been so alive with this and so ecstatic in it that I have burned myself out. 
that my eyes have been, my compassion eyes have been bigger than my plate, that I've been so fueled by the presence and the power of the divine that no wasn't part of my vocabulary. And that I actually moved into a space that was more like erosion, right? I love the, um, this idea that Jill presented in the meditation, pause and create a clearing. Well, when we move, when I moved into this, this way of being, I wasn't in that clearing and I wasn't creating a space for pausing. I was piling it on, piling it on, piling it on, which, and my field was eroding and my empathy, I was unable to stay present in my empathy. And, and this year during COVID, the ways that I stepped back into satisfaction and fulfillment and being alive in the presence of the divine the the old ways weren't working and i was ignoring and minimizing the symptoms that i was seeing around the fatigue and i was just acting as if i was still in this ecstasy of presence, when in fact I was acting from deficit and taking and not really taking the time and the space to restore myself. And I was having the expectation that I would show up pre-COVID in a post in my post-COVID life. And actually through my fatigue, I was causing harm. Uh, and so this week on a rare, rare trip outside the house to the grocery store, which sounds mundane, but in California and in Northern California, it's an expression of abundance and it's expression of just how lucky we are to have so much produce and so much access to really, really good food. I was driving and right there in the median strip, there was a bush on fire. And <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, oh, I'm having a Moses moment. There's a burning bush. This bush is on fire. Uh, okay, great metaphor, but let me pull, pull over and dial 911 and call the fire department <laughs> because there's this three foot high bush engulfed in flame in the middle of the median strip. But, but Moses and the burning bush is a great metaphor for the difference between compassion satisfaction and compassion fatigue, which is that Moses, whether he was on psychedelics or not, was on Mount Horeb, which, okay, so the metaphysical, you, I don't know how you feel about the Bible. I love story and I think the Bible is great metaphor, great story for um, how we live and move through our lives. So Horeb is a higher consciousness. 
So Moses was out walking through a higher consciousness and he looked upon a bush and the bush was on fire, but the fire was not consuming the bush. It was in a way sustaining itself. And then the bush started talking and that was God. And that's a whole nother part of the story. I'm gonna just stick with this metaphor of the bush was on fire, but it was not engulfed in the flame. It was not a need to call the fire department. It was sustaining itself. And, and this is how do we live in this presence within us, this ecstasy of good and God and love and that way we get ignited by that power and not let it burn ourselves out? How do we keep that flame going in a way that we're sustained in it and by it? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, we take care of ourselves in the simplest little ways. I've noticed that with all this Zooming, I don't come and go from meetings in the way that I used to. We don't walk in, close the door, sit down, and get up, walk out, close the door. We don't know about the beginning and ending of our human experience. And in the work that I do, I'm holding space for a lot of people who are in pain, who may be in trauma, who may have been harmed in some way. And I'm holding that for them, but then I'm not, I wasn't creating ways to hold that for myself and to sustain and take care of myself. So there are really, really easy ways that we can be nurturing to ourselves through creative expression, through laughter, through breath. It's interesting because during COVID, it's been sort of harder for me to SMBD, sit my butt down and meditate because I feel like there's more, more pain, more suffering, more going on in the world for me to be present to when I actually sit. And so last week, Reverend Cassandra talked about the rain, which is recognize, um, not interrogate, but uh, recognize, uh, inquire, or what is the I? The I is investigate much gentler than interrogate. <laughs> it's a process of recognizing, allowing, investigating, and nurturing. And it's a step-by-step -step meditation process. 
of compassionately arriving, being available to ourselves. And so last week, Reverend Cassandra talked about how there may be too much going on, too much fear, too much resistance, too much pain for us to go through the, the, all the steps in the process. And we may just wanna move to nurture and just sit down and begin the nurturing process. And so for me, the next, the next step to this, where we can really be available to ourselves, we can pause and be in that clearing and deal with the pain or suffering or the resistance or whatever the obstruction is to being able to sit uh, Tara Brock says, put your hand on your heart as you begin to nurture yourself. And then she talks about after the rain, after you've done this process, we go into a place of being, of just being, of sitting and being available to ourselves. It's when we commune with our own soul we commune with the power and presence of the divine within us. We commune with that goodness. We commune with uh, the compassion of the divine directed at us and holding us. And so I'm saying that if we find ourselves in compassion fatigue, we can nurture and then just be. and create that space in the field, that pause, where we encounter the divine presence within us. And I've had periods in my life where I sit and I'm in that presence, lickety split, no problem. And more recently, there's been more obstruction, more illusion, more, of a false sense of separation. And it takes more for me. And that's okay. My old ways of being dropping into presence have either eroded or changed or something more is being required of me. And that's okay. I can be compassionate toward myself in my limitation, in my failure to sit, in my whatever judging or thoughts are coming up for myself. And then as I soften toward myself, as I nurture myself, if I, as I sit in the presence, I can drop back into what Holmes called the ecstasy of self-realization, the ecstasy of being in the presence. I like to hold up Moses as reluctantly being in the presence and Jesus as absolutely knowing about the presence and that we can be on a spectrum between <laughs> Moses and Jesus and be exactly who we are 
bring exactly who we are to the presence. That is truly radical compassion to allow ourselves to be exactly as we are in the moment, not the memory of who we used to be in the past, not the idea of some future self that's gonna be better at this, but being available right here and now to exactly who we are. And so in the ecstasy of self-realization, Jesus proclaimed the truth to be working through him. And so in this moment, I proclaim that divine power and presence, the truth of that, the love of that is working through me right now. And as I sit down, I move from fatigue to satisfaction and to a fulfillment of my calling because I'm allowing the time and space to restore myself to the truth of my being. The eternal reality of me, the everlasting power within me, the eternal good working through me, the infinite love impelling me, the limitless peace and calm within me, the perfect life living through and in me, the joy of the soul and the light of the spirit illuming me. O Lord, God eternal and forever blessed, thou art my whole being. Amen.